Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's good, Internet? You are listening to the Syrupcast, otherwise known as the Mobile Syrup Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Igor Bonifacic. It is episode 106. Today is uh, February 3rd. Uh, Welcome to the month of February. Uh, As always, I'm joined by my good friends and colleagues, Patrick O'Rourke. What's up? How are you? Not too much. Uh, Rose Bihar. Hey, it's your girl coming to you live from Toronto. Nice. Good morning, Vietnam. (laughs) Uh, Last but certainly not least, Jessica. Hi, Igor. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, So, if you've been following the news, it is either... It is either we're either watching the uh, the storyline of Star Wars or the real world because one, an emperor like figure has taken over the uh, leading free democracy in the world, and Beyonce has is having twins. The queen is having twins. So you know, make what of that what you will. Uh, But we're Star Wars. I hope it's Star Wars. Um, But we're here not to talk about politics, even though they're quite distraught. Uh, distraughtful right now. I don't know if that's not even the right word, but we're here to talk about mobile news. But before we can get to mobile news, we need to listen to some sick royalty-free beats. Uh, So punch it, probably. Welcome back. Um, So, as you, I'm sure, all know, the Super Bowls this weekend... And for the first time ever, you're going to s- be able to see those big budget uh, American ads. Patrick's going to be super excited because he's going to see that Switch ad. I like ads. Ads are fun. Nintendo's first Switch ad or first Super Bowl ad in general. It was actually, I watched it yesterday because it's on YouTube. Um, what I'm, That beats the purpose of having it in the Super Bowl. God damn it. <laughs> People that watch the Super Bowl don't use YouTube, I think, is what Nintendo's banking on. I, I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> but that's what they're hoping, I think. 50-50, I'd say. Um, right. So, um, and this comes as a result of a CRTC decision in which Bell, the exclusive uh, rights holder for the Super Bowl in Canada, is no longer allowed to uh, do a practice called uh, simultaneous substitution, wherein uh, they'll broadcast an American property. And this applies to both Canadian channels uh, as well as American channels. So, for instance, I believe, uh, is it... Uh, MSNBC or NBC that uh, uh, broadcast the Super Bowl in the U.S. Uh, I think it's NBC. I, I, I don't. I, I don't watch NBC. football, so I'm really I think it's NBC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Canada, you could you can watch whatever the NBC affiliate is. So I think we get Buffalo or something. Yeah, that's what it let's is. say, or that's in Toronto anyway. Uh, we get uh, NBC, the NBC affiliate, and you'll be watching, and you know you'll, they'll be like, "Oh my God, what a great touchdown!" But now let's go to the ads. And then it'll do this like weird thing where an American ad will start playing and then quickly switch to a Canadian ad. And that is simultaneous substitution. Yeah. Or, I mean, if it, a lot of the times they don't mess up and it's still just. But like, the best is when they it. mess up yeah. and then you come right <laughs> back in. 
Oh my God, <laughs> folks, they just tied the game. <laughs> We're going into overtime, right? And I, yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but this, you know, I do recall this happening in right. certain moments right. where it is the cut is not as clean, clean, clean as yeah. one would hope, right? Yeah. Um, and this is actually part of a much broader practice that, you know, happens in Canada. It's been happening for 40 years, I learned today. Um, if you go to the Globe and Mail, there's this, I, I don't know if I would classify it as a great opinion piece, but the vice president of the NFL is pointing out why the <laughs> NFL is none too pleased with this. Kind um, of a lobbying piece more than anything. A lobbying piece. And, yeah. you know, it's the Globe and Mail's MO. If they want to publish this stuff, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the, it. As I said, this is a long-going practice, and the CRTC, for whatever reason, Jean-Pierre, the dad, was like, mm, has to stop with the Super Bowl. This is, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere, and the Super Bowl is where we draw the line, ironically. Yeah, I yeah. think it's one of those rare situations where he, like, actually pushed something through for what mm -hmm. he believed was the good of the Canadian public. Right, so I think that's a great place to start this discussion is... What do we think of this decision? Like, what side are you on? It's like a consumer, if mm -hmm. I cared about the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, in the past, I've, like, woken up the next day and gone on YouTube to, mm -hmm. to watch, like, all the Super Bowl ads because sometimes there's, like, uh, video game reveals or console reveals or, or product reveals, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, if I were to watch it this time, I wouldn't have to go on YouTube the next day. I would see those ads immediately. Yeah. And I think a lot of people watching it they don't care if it's uh, they, they don't want to see Canadian ads. They want to see the cool, big budget, expensive American ads that you're going to see on the Internet and you're going to read about for right. like the next year or whatever. And just as a preface to that or a side note, um, the I believe it, I think it's still the case. The ad space that comes alongside the Super Bowl is the most expensive in the world. Yeah. So you see, Absolutely. like, yeah. the biggest mm -hmm. brands do the craziest stuff. Like, there's going to be um, a Nintendo Switch ad mm -hmm. that, that's already available on YouTube. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I'm sure Coke will do something. Like, all these crazy brands will do crazy things. Mm -hmm. And the Canadian ads, I think some companies in the past have done special things for, for the Super Bowl ad space, but I don't think it compares to what giant U.S. companies are sure. doing. Yeah, you can't compare. So as, as, like, a random dude who may or may not watch the super bowl i think that's pretty cool <coughs> yeah jessica what's your opinion on all this well as somebody watching the super bowl who's again not going to be me i can imagine why seeing the hyped up american big budget mm -hmm. ads is of interest to them especially because they become fairly iconic and they're referenced for months and they're used as a ballpark for the year the following year's ads so mm. i can understand from that perspective why a consumer would be interested in watching them but and as i always do provide the corporate perspective i've realized um i don't know if this was done in the best way possible i think that mm. if the Right. Ex if the exclusive rights to the Super Bowl for CTV and TSN were purchased by Bell with the understanding that they would be able to substitute ads, it's not really it's not really fair to pull the rug out from under them, no matter how much the company is making. Personally, I think that that's a separate issue. Perhaps right. Bell is doing well. That's a right. very interesting point. But this has actually been in the works for, I believe, around two years. Mm -hmm. It's not new. The CRTC gave Bell a long time to chew on this and bell has been kicking up a fight about it um it thought that it might have time to appeal the decision um 
which the court granted it the right to appeal in November, mm-hmm. but it just hasn't had that time. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the Globe and Mail has said uh, that it already sort of went through the process of selling a lot of its advertising for the big day. Yeah. And now may have to renege on those agreements and uh, sort of have an uncomfortable moment uh, with their advertisers. And further than that, Bell being pretty unhappy, blame, partially blamed its recent layoffs, mm-hmm. which weren't that many. It was like 20 people. It was like 20 industry jobs across Na- the country. And but also on, on the Super Bowl issue, saying that it lost money because so over the course of a year, it makes about $250 million in SimSub mm-hmm. um, revenue. And so like uh, with millions of that alone is coming from the Super Bowl. So they are losing millions on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at their recent like quarter, fourth quarter uh, quarterly report, we can see like yeah. they're doing just fine. Like there's, so to put it in perspective, Bell now has... Uh, 8.4, 8.5 million subscribers in Canada and revenue of $1.88 billion. Sure, but I think it's important. Like, that's wireless, right? And this is broadcast and they're separate divisions, yeah. right? So, um, and the other, I mean, I don't know how much of an, a factor this really is, but I've heard, you know, there's the local angle where it's like these, the ad space they're able to, buy, uh, to sell creates commercials in canada by canadian actors and stuff but you know like it's like how many ads uh is like a company like like the the companies that can pay for this are like the big uh, banks right like how many ads is cibc like commissioning specifically for the super bowl uh from my understanding it was like they were mostly just replaying like ads that you see every day on television in Canada yeah. right that's like, that's what you would see for the most part in previous super bowls yeah. on the on Canadian networks right yeah, so yeah. for this one they were going they were trying to do diff- something different where no i mean i yeah. i agree with you i think it would have been much the same yeah i guess yeah. there's really no way to know for sure what yeah. we would have seen but um there are a lot of different arguments for playing Canadian ads during the Super Bowl. And one of them is definitely that supporting Canadian content, supporting Canadian actors. But that doesn't really hold up because Mm. there are just not enough ads on one day (laughs) to support an entire population of Canadian actors. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's I guess it's more about a principle thing, right? It's Mm -hmm. do we we're already paying for the Super Bowl. We're already hosting it exclusively on one of our networks. Do we also uh, host ads for american-based companies rather than canadian companies Mm -hmm. it's not so much about well this is how many people are going to buy this product based on this ad it's more about what kind of message do we want to send and i'm just Mm -hmm. speculating here i'm not citing one way or the other but i think that's probably what i think that's probably what the canadian creative community is looking at here right so on that front like what is the long-term outcome of this is now do we see kind of a domino effect where you know anytime you turn to nbc as a canadian it's just straight up american ads right um is, is that when the right. kind of canadian creative industry starts the like <laughs> the floor under it falls out yeah so isn't that I mean, how it already works though on nbc right now because it's an american station but uh, they're substituting it already because they've been substituting for 40 years Mm -hmm. across the board i don't think there would be much of a reason for that to occur because there is such a financial motivation for canadian networks to be able to sell their own advertising advertising space Mm 
Mm-hmm. And the only reason that this Super Bowl uh, exemption occurred was because the CRTC received complaints from Canadians right. who wanted to see the American ads. Yeah. Um, of course, like there's arguments as to how many complaints that really was. Um, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is a, a frequent complaint that you would see even on social media. Yeah. Is I, that I, Canadians I, miss out on that I stuff. I think I'd buy that that's pretty frequent. I mean, I. I remember the last Super Bowl, like you just look on Twitter and stuff. That's one of the things that people are complaining about that they want to see the American ads. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think like the average person watching the Super Bowl cares about whether it's uh, promoting Canadian content. That's not even something that. That's uh, not even something that would enter. Yeah, it doesn't their enter in their mind. mind. They, they don't yeah. care. They just want to see the cool ads. They want the spectacle that yeah. is the yep. Super Bowl, yeah. right? I see it from both perspectives. I totally get that. But I also understand the importance of. Uh, giving Canadian companies the opportunity to promote something on such a wide, enormous platform. Um, but also, like, I don't really care. I just want to <laughs> see cool ads, you know what I mean? So I I don't know what the answer is. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason why Canadians don't even, not even that they don't buy Canadian, but it's Canadians don't even know how to buy Canadian unless it's really the only option available to them. It's because um, American media has seeped into every aspect of our being from the morning mm-hmm. moment we wake up in the morning to the moment we go to bed at night. So I don't know mm-hmm. how bad I feel for people yeah. that want to see the American spectacle ads. Like, Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's fair to say that um, with simultaneously substituted ads, those ads are still mainly from multinational corporations. For sure, <laughs> yeah. not like HSBC, Canadian. right? Like, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it it'll be really interesting to see how this progresses going forward. Whether or not Bell will win the appeal uh, to once again have simultaneous substitution, mm-hmm. I think they've got a lot of clout behind them. So I could very easily see it happening i can see them winning that argument i mean i think i don't feel that i if this is a practice that's been going on for the past 40 years as the nfl uh editorial did state then there seems to be a lot more support for it than against it right this would really throw things off balance Mm -hmm. because um like you were mentioning earlier igor the nfl has a large stake in this as well right so if 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 companies canadian networks don't have the incentive to purchase the rights to the super bowl the exclusive rights because they're not making the millions off of it or Mm. making anything (laughs) off of it you're not going to get to see the ads anyway then (laughs) i mean i mean i think that they've that the CRT has got them in a tight space in a certain way because some Canadian network is going to have to have the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't think it would ever happen that no Canadian network would purchase it. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, I guess that really just affects the NFL. Right. Artist. I mean, from the perspective of the NFL, it's really easy to understand the incent- the financial incentives here, mainly that like the cost of the Super Bowl is exponentially it's more valuable when you can substitute the ads right like i think like hypothetically i th- let's say bell paid five five hundred five million that's probably not even the price because it's yeah. way more yeah now it becomes something like five hundred thousand yeah. dollars you know just because it's like well this is not that valuable mm-hmm. to us yeah 
So I, I wonder if in in other countries, like, is this how it works, or yeah, that's is there just similar sim sub things too? That'd be something worth looking into. So is this just a long-winded plot to devalue one of the United States' <laughs> most important athletic icons? Is yeah. is that all this is? Undermine them. <laughs> well, Maybe the CRTC is more forward-thinking than I thought. Well, I think you know, you, evil you laugh, but like, I think the commissioner of the NFL has asked President Trump. To talk to the series. Yes, and I mean Marco Rubio. Remember? Yeah, Marco we wrote Rubio that story wrote a letter. Together. Yeah, he like, wrote a can letter. Can please stop this practice? Yeah, like complaining yeah. about yeah. this order, yeah. and we're yeah. coming after apple pie next, America. America, <laughs> watch out! <laughs> Just taking them down one by one. First the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, you know what's as American as apple pie? What? What? Useless products, <laughs> and there's a useless product. That's coming your way on February 9th. One <laughs> Google is going to announce it. Actually, it's two useless products. Although my uh, colleagues will argue that they're not useful, useless. Excuse me. Right. Uh, so on February 9th, Google reportedly, we still haven't heard a peep from the company, uh, is going to finally like date and announce the availability of Android Wear 2.0. 2. Big O. Yes. As well as announced two new smartwatches, both by LG, because uh, the pickings are quite honestly slim right now. Uh, the LG Watch Sport, uh, which is going to be the more expensive, more uh, feature-rich product. As well as the um, LG Watch Style, 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 which is, I think, the one that looks... For ladies. Well, not just for <laughs> ladies, for reasonable people. That watch looks much more handsome. I, I like the style more from the leaked photos. Like I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's... It's slightly smaller. It has a flower on it, guys. We all know who uh, this is being marketed towards. That's why I want it is because of the flower. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, where 2.0 has been a long time coming. It's been delayed a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, people such as yourself question the utility of a smartwatch. I think that... I feel like you guys are going to tell me. what. So, okay, what about where 2.0 is going to sell me... Nothing. The, <laughs> nothing. Okay. If you're it's, not if you're not sold on the idea of a smartwatch, nothing's going to so, change with Wear 2.0. The Wear 2.0 update is very much like the um, Watch OS 3 update for, mm-hmm. for the Apple Watch. Um, so there's going to be apps that now run independently on the watch. They don't need to be connected to the phone. And there's going to be uh, a store on the watch as well. That's correct, right? Yeah. Is there mm-hmm. anything else that's big? Um, I think so. There's going to be uh, texting and because oh, like the handwriting on, yeah. on, as well. on screen keyboard yeah. which i don't mm-hmm. really yeah. think is necessary but sure yeah it's going to bring a lot more functionality and the watches themselves are also i think both promised to come in lte uh connectivity just versions. one uh, sport watch. oh just the sport, the okay. sport the giant one that yeah. is great for clubbing your friends <laughs> clubbing your enemies <laughs> Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Alike. Um, so basically, yeah, this is the big chance for Android Wear. And mm-hmm. really, almost like 
Android smartwatches in general, like including Samsung's Tizen, including all of those in the non-Apple Watch realm, to make a case for actually being useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like we were talking about previously, me and Patrick, uh, that that might be the, the release of this uh, Android Wear 2.0 and the two wearables might be the reason why a lot of other OEMs have stepped down mm-hmm. uh, from the plate uh, when considering doing further wearables. So Motorola said, no, thank you. HTC, HTC said, no, thank you. Yeah. We're not going to, like, we're not going to compete. Samsung said, no, thank you, First, too. They haven't, wear, yeah. they haven't been seeing, uh, they haven't been seeing the value in it. It just hasn't paid off for them. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, now Google is coming out with its own LG partnered watch. They could actually just, you know, sort of blow them out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks really nice. It's probably it the nicest really nice. looking smartwatch that, Really? You seen. think so? Yep. The style or the sport? I like the style. Yep. I really, really like it. Um, I'm also a big fan of the Moto 360. I was pretty yep. sad when uh, Motorola said that they weren't going to continue. I think the second gen, like we just wrote about the, the Zen Watch 3. Um, yes. Should mm-hmm. go up somewhat soon, our, our review of it. Um, I like what that watch looks like, but I feel that it's a little too big. It is, and... As you're also saying, it has these uh, awkward straps, so yeah. you can't lie it flat. They're non-standard. Um, when I did try to take out one of the watch straps, a little pin fell out of the mechanism and got lost, and I mm-hmm. <laughs> had to request a new watch altogether. So wow. the actual design of it is not quite what you'd want a watch yeah. to be. Watch people will call them um, like lugs, I think, that come out from the side of it. That's the, okay. the like official okay. correct yeah. word, right. word for them. Um, I had to look, I had to look this up myself to oh, actually okay. learn. Yeah. I, I don't know mm-hmm. anything about watches. I'm far from a watch person. If I wasn't wearing this Apple Watch, I would have like a shitty Timex on or something like that. <laughs> but you would still wear a watch. I would. So that's that's the, oh, that's the, an interesting. That's the thing where moment. we sort of differ on smartwatches, and I think I differ from a lot of people. I think the way they're used now is useful if you use them in a certain way. I think you feel that LTE connectivity or 3G or whatever allowing the watch to act independently is sort of the missing link. Yeah, I feel uh, like many people feel that uh, wearables like the watches lack the killer feature. You know, that one thing or maybe two things that really make it uh, make a difference in your life. So what are worthwhile? What are the current killer features? Of smartwatches. If I, so there, there aren't any. I, I'm afraid, like, apart from if you're used to telling the time on your wrist. So that's what Pat does, and that's literally why he uses it. Notifications could be considered a killer fe- feature, although a lot of people find those more distracting than useful. Yeah. I, I Alarms. Think the, the big thing with smartwatches for me is people are waiting for this killer feature, this killer app, this thing to, like, change their lives. But I don't think that that's ever what the smartwatch was going to become. Maybe I thought that at one point, but now I see the smartwatch as a companion device that can simplify your life if you use it in a way that makes sense. Um, but also, I've always worn a watch for like pretty much my right. entire life. Right, so and I think this kind of, you know, it was a terrible segue, let me <laughs> no, be honest. No. But I think it kind of speaks to the issue with smartwatches is that their only market is for people who have like extraneous amounts of money right like where it, it's not like a smart uh, smartphone right where 
smartphones have scaled to where they're a vital uh, part of almost everyone's lives. Like we cannot imagine, I think at this, like going back to a feature phone, yeah, right? Or mm-hmm. let alone just not even having what is a very powerful computer in your pocket, right? Like yep. you yeah. can't get lost anymore with a smartphone, right? So I could, I can tell you what I think a killer smartwatch would be. Okay. Um, basically, it would be for the situations in which you can't have a smartphone with you or in which it's inconvenient. So sporting or outdoor situations mm-hmm. or anything where you simply don't want to have your hands on a phone. Mm-hmm. But for that to work, the watch does have to have its own connectivity and it has to have more processing power. Yeah. Um, it probably also needs a great integration with a voice assistant, like Google Assistant. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what LG does there. Supposed mm-hmm. to be good with, with Wear right. 2.0. Supposed to be. Right. Theory. Yeah. yeah. So, so then an independent you, phone on your wrist, essentially? A, a be, exactly. Yeah. Like limited. So, But you could still make calls, do text, uh, do use your maps. The, the essential things mm-hmm. in a pared down minimal version. And I know already, like, when I'm saying those features, I'm just thinking of a watch that's gigantic. Well, I mean... So but you want yeah. a phone think, that you, like, strap to your <laughs> wrist. But, it I mean... Exactly. If you extrapolate, like, kind of um, technology, like, you know, processors and, you know, the components that make your smartphone as powerful as it is now are going to get miniaturized even further, right? And yeah. there might be also an interface, like a holographic one, for instance, where you yeah. could have... An entire the the kind of touchscreen you have with an iPhone Seven Plus displayed, you know, holographically, as I said. Mm-hmm. So, but like, how far away is that? Like, super yeah. far. are we gonna even see Android Wear three at this rate? I would rather just use my smartphone for stuff like that. Yeah. Um right. I to- I totally get what you're saying. I would just just pull up my phone. I'd rather use that instead. The way that I use a smartwatch is. Uh, for notification triage so I get very specific things set to my wrist um, and what it's helped me do is sort of when I come home from work I can just like put my phone away put my computer away not worry about stuff but I have like slack messages private slack messages will come through to my wrist so if someone needs to get a hold of me for something I can know that like go open your computer go respond to it or whatever the same thing with email um, and I think that that's pretty much it I don't even use like the fitness features, but that's just because I'm not your slug into fitness. In kind <laughs> words, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm a giant potato. Everybody um, who's not Igor is a slug. Don't pretty worry much. about it. I'm a slug as well. Um, what I wanted to ask you though, Jess, was uh, Rose gave you her Apple Watch. Um, yes, she did. Uh, so have you started using that? And well, as you can plainly see, um, well, <laughs> you try to throw them a softball. Uh, just kidding. Um, okay, so Rose gave me her smart her Apple Watch not yeah. very long Originally ago. Originally Ian Hardy's. Originally yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian Hardy's Apple Watch. So it's Originally made it's Douglas's made its rounds. or something. I don't know. Um, and while I've tried I out so many yeah. different kinds of devices and I've worn lots of di- fitness trackers, smartwatches, and y- reviewed them, I've never actually owned a smartwatch before this one. This is my first time act- trying to integrate it into my life for longer mm-hmm. than a two week period of time, and. You saw me wearing it for the first two days, really excited. Like I could do all these great things. I can get my messages and I was charging it at the desk saying I had a web of uh, charging cords with me. (laughs) But um, as you can see, I'm not wearing it anymore. And I think that the biggest issue that I found with the smartwatch is that I 
would go to the bathroom and leave my phone behind and then I'd be checking my wrist at the sink and I'm like, oh, wait a second. I can't like it's disconnected. I can't use it anymore. And that's probably mm. the biggest thing for me. But See, I'm that's what also, I'm yeah, I'm also not somebody that wore a watch every single day. Like I was very comfortable. Like as soon as I sit down, I take my phone out, I put it on the table and that's my watch. Yep. And every notification that I need is right there. So mm-hmm. and since I have mostly a sitting job, as you all know, because you all sit around me at fairly close distances. It's constantly um, pestering you to get up. Yeah, just get up and walk around or something. Yeah. Like, stop lying down on the floor. And <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs> she just lies on the floor most all days. Yeah. That is strange. I think she's clinically depressed. <laughs> well, but, who um, wouldn't be in this state of the world, right? It's true. I mean, the and weather. for me, I found that I was just getting two sets of the same notifications on my wrist, and then it would show up on my phone within seconds, or often vice versa. And that didn't seem very useful to me. So it's sitting at home right now on in on my dresser in front of my mirror, yeah. totally yeah. dead, not charged. So that's how my experience with my Apple Watch went. See, I completely understand. And I think like it's like Pat said, if you he's able, he has set it up so there's not so much but duplication. It, it took it took a while, right? Yeah. When when yeah. I first got it, like I think it probably was the first smartwatch that I'd ever used. Um and I didn't really understand how I won't need how like how it fit into my workflow and, mm-hmm. and how I live my life, and I had it replicating every single thing that showed up on my phone, um, and that just didn't it didn't make sense. But it took me a while to clue into that, and then I think I slowly called what type of notifications yep. were coming through it, mm-hmm. because at one point I was getting like tweets through it. Uh, I still get phone calls through it, but there's like a ton of stuff, and to me it just didn't make sense, and I. It was just replicating what my phone mm-hmm. already does. And I think yeah. that's why I can see some use cases for a smartwatch that runs on LTE. But then again, I'm also, like, if I still had my phone on me, I don't want my wrist replicating what right. my phone is already doing. So my, I guess, like, my idea, and who knows whether it's still, it still uh, sort of lacks a lot of value, but my idea is that you would use your watch when you can't use your phone. I think that's so you're fair. not yeah. using yeah. it at the same yeah. time. And I guess that would also require that it would be kind of rugged if you were going and doing sporty things or whatever. So you, you want the LG Sport is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I want the LG or Sport. So, hint, or hint. some Garmin one. Send us one, please. It's <laughs> going to be so interesting, though, I do think, to see on February 9th where the uh, where the future of wearables is going. Because this is really yeah. going to dictate a lot of what's going to happen in the future. It's true. I think that people have had, I mean, obviously we've ad- adopted smartphones at an unprecedented rate for any other form of uh, portable device. But I think people have generally had a bit of a harder time getting used to wearables simply because they're so connected. And I actually absolutely agree with you. I should say that first, but because they're so connected to your phone that they don't add enough value for people to use them every single day, which is part of the reason why the fitness tracker has become the most uh, prominent kind of wearable on the market because it really does add something extra to your every Mm -hmm. day and while the apple watch and i believe the zen watch 3 also has capabilities like that it's not the central action of the device right and i also think it's important to keep in mind like where are wearables in their kind of life cycle compared to mobile phones right Mm -hmm. like um when the motorola launched the first mobile phone it was not selling like hotcakes right it took a while for this technology to get kind of to a critical point where it made sense for the average consumer Mm -hmm. and a 
company like Apple token kind of made it again, make sense to consumers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this, like something like Google glass, we see Google abandon it and come back to it five, 10 years down the road where the technology makes it, you know, like, cause the end point of these wearables quote unquote is not something you wear on your wrist. It's something you implant in your brain or somewhere else in your yeah. body. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They're much more, Black mirror that just makes esque. me really uncomfortable. Too. Yeah, but like <laughs> I'm ready now. <laughs> Rose, implant me. <laughs> My uh, body is it's ready. a contact lens that you put on. <laughs> yeah, ready to have a wearable baby. <laughs> uh, on that note, it's probably best that we shut down the shout podcast out. immediately. <laughs> shut down before it gets too lewd. Um, shout out to everyone. Do me last. Okay, Rose, you're uh, Nazi. Yes, I will give my shout out to Rogers for RCS messaging because it's a cool feature that is starting to roll out with a lot of carriers. Essentially, the idea is it's much like iMessage, but for Android. So interesting note about that. Reportedly, this week, T-Mobile started rolling out RCS. Turns out they didn't. Oh, And their (laughs) RCS version is completely different from the one that Google is pushing, really? so they don't even work together. Well, that's that's, anyway. that's terrible. useful. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. Right now, Sprint has it. Sprint and Rogers. Are the um, only two that can communicate with one another. <laughs> yeah. So you can talk and to all Fido. of your Sprint, yeah. sprint friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so all my Sprint friends in America. Uh, all my Sprint day ones. Yeah. And basically what you need is to download the Google messaging app. Not to be um, confused with Facebook Messenger. Exactly. Yeah, Google Messenger. And yeah, it gives you stuff like read receipts, uh, the ability to That's see cool. when people are typing. Also, you can okay, write so. messages that are longer than 160 characters, <laughs> though. Who does that? It's like yeah. iMessage, right? To, it's for pretty much don't. like iMessage. High res pictures can be sent through it. And uh, people are basically seeing it as the future. And I hope that eventually Google, like, bundles aloe into rcs and just comes up with this like big monster delightful everything package for communication that's a dream that's never going to happen because google can't figure out what it wants to do with messaging (laughs) it's like but i thought we wanted 12 different platforms that nobody uses yeah it's like no you want one that everybody yeah uh jess um i guess this week my uh shout out goes to a vancouver-based startup Huzza. it is a live streaming video startup and was just acquired by Kickstarter, also prompting Kickstarter to open up their very first international office in Vancouver. So thanks for that. <laughs> Mostly cool. because they didn't want to leave Vancouver. They're like, sorry, we're not going to New York. So you're going to have to come here or that's pretty much it. I mean, rightfully so. I the would big say. apple. With, yeah. with everything, everything that's going on in yeah. the States right now. Yeah. Uh, Patrick? I had two shout outs in mind. And now you have none. But I, I gotta. I'm, I think I'm thinking I'm gonna keep it mobile for this one. I won't do a video game. Although Resident Evil Seven Whoa. is pretty good. Cool. Um, so Whoa. my, my yeah. shout out goes to Huawei for doing a very interesting ad campaign where they took <laughs> Justin Long of I Am a Mac fame. Ben. Yes, fame. Um, he's yeah. also in Galaxy Quest. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie. Probably nobody, just me. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> so they did this kind of funny advertisement where he's being interviewed by a Huawei Mate 9, which is not mm. available in Canada. No, um, though that's still cool. That, that could change after Mobile World Congress, possibly. True. Um, and anyways, he's being interviewed by the phone, and it's funny. It's an amusing <laughs> ad, and they play mm. off the fact that he used to be, obviously, an Apple shilling products for Apple. Yeah. Um, and it's amusing. It's the kind of 
linking it back to the whole Super Bowl advertising thing we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. The world has changed. Now the I'm a Mac guy is shilling for the basically the PC of the yeah, mobile world. You're saying <laughs> yeah. that to me yesterday. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my shout out's a bit uh, personal and long winded. So please bear with me. Um, we're recording this podcast on February 2nd. And obviously you're going to be listening to it on February 3rd and onwards. But uh Today marks the one-year anniversary since my mom passed away uh, with her battle for cancer. Cancer, excuse me. Uh, and I just wanted to thank all my coworkers, especially Patrick, um, Ian. Uh, you know, both of them, uh, as well as Daniel, who was there at the time. Uh, they, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, on top of my friends who are too many to name. Uh, <laughs> um, we're also super helpful in what was a really challenging year. Um, so I just wanted to give you a really heartfelt thank you to all of you uh, for being there in what was a really challenging time. And, you know, thank you listeners for and readers for, you know, I guess you maybe have not known it, but you gave me support as well, right? Reading my pieces, commenting on them, uh, listening to the podcast, and just supporting this wonderful publication that is Mobile Syrup. Aww, we love you, Igor. We love thank you, Igor. I think that's the best, the best shout out in the history of Mobile Syrup podcast. Shout Whoa, outs. yeah. It's a anyway, huge honor. <laughs> uh, thanks so much again for listening. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you next week. Uh, fingers crossed, the world doesn't end by then. It might. You never know the way things are going. Yeah, <laughs> could be over. Peace. Bye. Bye. I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.